Hello, my friends. Thanks for joining again today. I'm going back in time, hanging out with an old friend of mine. He is one half of my previous management. He helped me navigate through my deal with Sony Music and the five albums I did while I was there. Funnily enough, though, I never actually sat down to talk to him about his history, like from day dot, how it started for him. So this was really cool for me to hear about his start and the great names, great, great names that he had the opportunity to work with and to learn from. Some cool stories in this one. And if you saw kind of thing, a lot to take away. Enjoy. Richard, thank you so much for doing this. When I got signed to Sony Music, uh, Richard was uh, fundamental in orchestrating and navigating my career for a number of years, for five albums with Sony and some time afterwards. So uh, yeah, it was a, a great experience. You won an award just recently, isn't it? Um, Harry McGee, yes. my partner yeah. and I, business partner, as you <laughs> say nowadays. Yeah, we were honored with the Music Industry Trust uh, Award. I think they're trying to get us to retire because we, we got the manager, the Lifetime Manager Achievement Award like three years ago. So okay. I think they, they figure if we'd done all of them then they'll finally get rid of us you know what i think that is that's if you can't beat the opposition slowly <laughs> edge them towards the door until yeah. they say do you know what we're going to close it it's, okay thank you thank you and then they can find a new yeah. but yeah so uh, i remember speaking to you once and you said to me it was a number of years after we'd worked together but i was like how on earth did you actually get to the position that you were at the time and which was manager well actually it all started when i was at school School? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, back. Um, right. I started promoting concerts, you know. Purely just well, just because? Or? T- the, there was something called the Jazz Club, right? Okay. And uh, when I became the head of the Jazz Club, you used to go up to London once a term to Ronnie Scott's to see jazz acts. Okay. So I then started bringing the jazz acts down to the school, and then I started promoting concerts in the holidays and the jazz element went out the window quite quickly and because uh, I was a bit of a rocker at heart you know we were doing sort of prog rock things and a combination of um, promoting concerts playing you know too much sport and being madly in love with the head girl of the next door school meant that my <laughs> A-level results were a disaster and uh, I didn't get into university. So okay. I just, I, I wrote, as you used to do in those days, to all the agents that I'd done business with. I got an interview uh, and I got a job booking bands into university because in those days, all universities, all colleges used to put on, on gigs. Yeah. And then just one thing led to another. That was the first time I I uh, sort of learned that I had a good ear and eye for talent. And yeah. I I uh, signed a band called Eddie and the Hot Rods. Anyway, and then I I was working with a lot of island island records artists, and I got offered a job at Island. See, to you, you just say it's like, oh, I became the head of the jazz club. But still, that is. Head of the jazz club, like what, how, why? Well, because I'm, I mean, um, my answer to all of this is yeah. that I do it because I'm a fan. Okay, yeah. And and always have been. Yeah. Uh, funny, one of the interesting things of lockdown has been I, I've started cataloging all my vinyl, all my CDs. Good luck Just, with that. I know, I know. <laughs> but, it, you know, I found the first single I ever bought, which was Reach Out, I'll Be There by the Four Tops. 
Nice. Uh, but anyway, just always been a fan, and uh, and that's what's kept me going. But um, uh, so okay, so then you so you apply to the agents from the agents to getting a job at Ireland. Like so why? I was, I, so Eddie and the Hot Rods were on Ireland. And then I was the agent for a guy called John Martin, who at the time was like one of the, the top, you know, singer-songwriters, you know, brilliant, brilliant guy. And uh, I then got involved with Ultravox, who were on on Ireland. So I, I was doing a lot of business okay. with Ireland artists. I An got agent know, being booking the shows for Booking them. the shows. I got to know, I got to know them. Ironically, one of the guys, the, who, the guy who was running Ireland at the time was Tim Clark, who is Rob, oh. Robbie Williams' manager. <laughs> and we got on very well and, and he offered me this job, which was sort of being the label guy dealing with the agents right okay so basically what you were doing having that knowledge moving into the label so that yep. the conversation is even more fluid and no one can do you over on contracts because you just know both sides uh, yeah <laughs> okay yeah. all right uh, were you similar age then around that time well i started work uh on my 19th birthday and Damn. i was and then when i went to ireland i was 22 yeah it's quite young isn't it yeah but because i didn't I, you know, I didn't do any of the uni thing. I just okay. went straight in. You know? Life experience is the best sometimes. Yes, I think yeah. that has absolutely been the case. And yeah. um, and then I I got this this job. I got on very well with Chris Blackwell, who owned oh, legendary, you yeah. know, legend, you know, one of the the all time greats. And I got on very well with him. And he he offered me this job of sort of being his PA, really, as a you know, sort of I would go around the world with him uh it was incredible i mean yeah i'd go to jamaica and do bob marley sit in bob marley sessions and go to new york and have dinner with with armored erdogan and and chris wow. you know and i'm just sort of absorbing all this stuff and um chris after a couple of years said uh, you know what i i want you to run island right Wow. But you're you're too young, and you need a bit more experience. Um, you are still early twenties. I'm now about twenty five, I think. Okay. Yeah, and um, he says, "So we're going to start a production company together, and you'll run that. And then when you make that a success, then Tim will become chairman, and you'll get the job." You right, know, okay. you know. Of course, this is you know, unbelievable. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But anyway, so we start this uh, company called Peninsula Music. You know, get it, Peninsula Island. Music, okay. Peninsula, Peninsula. Yeah. All right. I see the, the and, theme. And uh, I have an office at Basing Street Studios, and I'm starting to look at signing some things. And this is uh, this is the days where you would go out to lunch with lawyers or whatever, and and you would drink at lunchtime, right? <laughs> And I, I went out uh, to lunch with a l lawyer who was like the hottest lawyer at the time and he represented The Clash and um, Sex Pistols. And, and uh, anyway, I got on very well with him. We're having lunch and he, he says, so what's your, what's your deal w w with, with Chris? And I said, it's 50-50. It's he said, 50-50? Wow. But you're doing all the work. I said, yeah, but he's putting all the money in. He says, yeah, but it's nothing to him, you know. So it it should be, you know, like an eighty twenty deal, you know. I mean, you know, it's madness that you've given away so much. And I, I'm saying, but Brian, you know, 
It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. I've got nothing. I come back from the lunch, you know, little well oiled, and um, <laughs> and and it so happened that Chris was on the uh, was on the phone to to the one of the guys who worked with me, and so I said, "Can I? Can I? Let me talk to Chris." And I said, "Chris, you know, hi, you know, look, I've been thinking about this deal, you know, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not sure that you know it should be fifty fifty. <laughs> I think it should be sixty uh, forty. Right. You got you, you shied away I, from the eighty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So the silence, and he says, um, <sighs> "You know what? You're quite right. It shouldn't be fifty fifty. It should be a hundred zero. Oh. And I said, "What do you mean by that?" And he said, "Well, if you think it should be sixty forty now, then one day you're going to think it should be seventy five twenty five, and then one day you're going to think it should be a hundred zero. So let's just cut straight to a hundred zero. The lawyers will be in touch. Goodbye." Oh. Now. What an My world is just rushing before me. Yeah. I'm just, and I can see, you know, all, all the, all the guys <laughs> at Ireland thinking, "Ha ha ha, smart ass, you got what you deserved." Oh. So I got on a plane, and I. So you left the, that. That, that was day, that was the end of that conversation. That was the end of the conversation. Okay. That night, I'd go to the Heathrow, and um, I happened to get on a plane to Miami. I then go from Miami the next day to Nassau in the Bahamas. Right, and I call Chris up because this is pre-email, pre-anything, right? <laughs> and I call Chris up from from the airport, and I say, "Chris, it's it's Richard." He says, "What do you want?" I said, "I've I've come to talk to you." And he said, what do you mean you come to talk to me? I said, "I'm I'm at at the airport." Okay, um, check into the Pink Flamingo Hotel, and uh, and I'll send someone to come and get you when I'm ready, you know. So I sit there, you know, then, and this guy comes to me. So I go over to Chris's house. Chris takes me out on his boat, <laughs> speedboat, and basically scares the shit out of me, oh, you man. know, doing all these incredible... Oh, tricks and stunts. Know, all yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. no. And uh, anyway, it was all fine. But he said that there's, there's no going back, you know, that's the way it is. With the 100 zero thing? Hunt, okay. That's with it. the basic gear stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Anyway, um, I probably shouldn't tell you this bit, but the so I get oh. to I get to the airport, and uh, I've I've got a Peninsula Music credit card, so I upgrade to first class. <laughs> 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 and <laughs> uh, anyway, I'd, I, like I saw I saw Chris, you know, you know, sometime later when uh, I. I was working with Reggie and yeah, did you get the bill? <laughs> and uh, they were supporting you too, and and I went oh. up to him and and you know we hugged and and we made up. Yeah. You know, so he, he, but he was an incredibly important uh, uh, part of, of my my learning curve. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, I think for anyone to open their arms and give someone an opportunity to learn, you know, that's the that's the well. The amazing thing. irony is that, or coincidence, is that Will Bloomfield, who's you know one hired yep. my partner. Um, had exactly the same job as I did, like twenty years later. Okay, yeah. all right. And he and he, Will Bloomfield, went to work for with Chris, doing the same thing as I was, uh, in in New York. Really? Yeah. So it was, he didn't. He didn't ask for that. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right. So yeah. then, so that 
and so you know, I'm that, now that out of my, I'm, 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 I'm out, I'm on my own. Ah, uh, oh, that must so. have been kind of a scare. I was going to say, like, because another thing with you I've seen over the years is on the front, and this is probably true with most people that have your character, yeah? On the front, it seems like a brick wall. Solid, I know what I'm doing, ABC, this is how it is, that's it, you know? But, okay, you've just said you, you know, you spoke to uh, Chris Blackwell, you went into the office, you said that. At that moment, or even when he said, I'm going to give you, you're going to run a label. Wasn't there a bit of nerve, like a bit of, ooh, God, I don't know, uh, you know? Uh, it was just, um, it just all seemed to be, you know, rolling along, which it was, yeah. until I had one too many glasses Drinks. of wine <laughs> at lunch. But, but the funny thing is, you know, and all, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, so you just uh, accept it. And-, and what happened then was, so I'm out on my own, and I'm managing, I'm now managing Ultravox. And I'd signed a bank called the Jags to Ireland, and we'd had a, a hit here and, okay. and in America. And, um, and then John Fox, who's the lead singer and writer of Ultravox, decides to leave the band. Uh, now They're with Ireland, though. They're on Ireland, yeah. So I'm left? dealing with Ireland, right? Okay. So um, he leaves the band, uh, but Ireland had dropped the band. Yes. And I made the, what well, on the face of it, you would say was the logical decision that you go with the lead singer and the writer. Oh, yeah, right? yeah that, that helps. You don't go with the, the drummer, the bass player, and yeah. the keyboard player. Yeah. If they're not writing. Uh, yeah. yeah. But of course, what happened was they, they stayed together and then mid-year joined Ultravox and they sold Whoa. tens of millions Whoa. of albums. Yeah, right? there's a writer. And John Fox <laughs> is, is still a, a, a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, I get him a record deal at Virgin. Okay. And that was the beginning of my uh, relationship with, with Simon Draper and Ken Berry and, and Richard Branson. So... As I say, all things happen for a reason. If I hadn't left Ireland, Ireland, I wouldn't have been managing John Fox and getting him a deal with Virgin. Virgin. And then a couple of years later, when the job of managing director of the Virgin Music Publishing came up, I wouldn't have known the Virgin guys to get offered that job. That's true. So it actually all played out. It all played out nicely. But, But were you... A bit afraid leaving Ireland. It was. It was just. You know. I mean. I mean. Richard's so I'm Richard. A, <laughs> just like. Do you know. What it, I mean. It is what it was. I just move on to the next thing, Lamar. That's just what it is. The time, the time that it, it got uh, uh, where I was at my most ner- nervous and down. I suppose. Of, he said the what, words nervous. What's going to happen was I'm managing these acts and it it's tough, right? And then of course one thing I forgot to mention the the big act that I signed as an agent, was ACDC. I signed them as an agent, and I got became very friendly with the manager, Michael Browning. Okay. And he writes to me, saying, I hear your things aren't going very well. I know you've always wanted to come down to Australia. I've just started a, a record label. Why don't you come down here for Christmas, and let's see how it goes. And then if, if you're into it, let's, let's do business together. Yeah. This is after Ireland. This is after Ireland, okay. when I'm doing my thing. Yeah. And um, my art, my, the, the name of my management company was Headline Artists. 
a show of intention there. <laughs> yes. Anyway, coincidentally, I go to Greece for a holiday and I meet this incredible girl through a friend of mine, literally in a nightclub, one night I was in this town. And she was with her Greek boyfriend. And it was love at first sight for me. Oh, okay. Not for her. It took a while, it took a while for her. <laughs> Some convincing, but you know. Um, you're an agent. And, you know about you know about negotiations. It's well, fine. the funny thing was, it so happened that she was going down to Australia. She, oh, look at that. Fate. Yeah, fate. Completely. <laughs> So I go, nothing happens, you know, but I go down to Australia. She then comes down to Australia and we become a couple, yeah, you know, and nice. we've been married for 36 years. Oh, whoa, okay. 30, wow, look yeah. at that. Anyway, so I then, I go down to Australia to start this job and then I get a call from Simon Draper and he says, do you want to come and uh, run Virgin Publishing? So I, which I'd, I'd, I'd never done any publishing Ever. Yeah. Right. This is while you were in Australia? While I was in Australia. So got the call. Go, got the call. So, so you I, went to Australia, picked up a wife, went back, came back to <laughs> London. She didn't become my wife for about four years, but uh, <laughs> but she's carried, she was nursing. She carried on living in Australia. Yeah. I take the job at, at Virgin, and actually, I think it was a huge advantage not knowing anything about publishing. Yeah. Because I just, I didn't know what the rules were. That's so, a minefield to navigate, that one. Publishing is a hard for, for, not hard, but can be complicated for anyone to. Well, to, I to, think to publishers figure. deliberately keep it like that. Okay. But actually, when when you get into it, the basics are, can this guy write? Right, by copyright. Is it That's a it. great song? I should sign them and then ho hopefully they'll be successful. Yeah. And it just so happened, I brought my guy, Danny Goodwin, who had been in my management company into with me. And we went on this incredible run. You know, we'd signed ABC, Tears for Fears, Pet Shop Boys, um, Pet Shop Cult Boys, Culture Club. Uh, you know, we just, we had a, a, an incredible run Brilliant. of success. And Virgin was taking off then, you know, was had gone from being sort of this hippie thing into this massive independent you know yeah. and they were you know simon draper probably the best a and r person i've ever ever worked with ken berry who made things happen and then richard who would just have these crazy ideas we're starting a company in germany you know and <laughs> and right we're going to start a company in germany you know? do it. brilliant so that was great and then uh they asked me to uh to go and start the company in america so virgin virgin okay. music publishing in the new well, territory, but, is that kind of Well, hard? I tell you, that was actually, that was easy because uh, the American publishers are even more conservative and stuck in the ways. And, and Virgin, what Richard Branson taught me was, if you think they're great, you know, it, you're, if you're, you're right, it's, if it's 10,000 pounds, and you're right if it's 100,000 pounds. Okay. And you, if you're wrong... It doesn't matter either. So if you if you believe, then just pay whatever the you've got to pay and get it to make sure you get it. And that's nice. That's, that's giving you freedom to complete, not be afraid of making a wrong decision, so you can actually execute your instincts. And, Richard absolutely brilliant uh, made that uh, happen. Yeah, <laughs> and um, of course the American publishers hated it because I just went around <laughs> throwing money at people, buying whatever you wanted <laughs> to buy, buy and, whatever I wanted to buy. And again, we had an incredible run of success. The, the American publishers really pretty pissed off, but hey, <laughs> too bad.
So we moved to uh, Los Angeles and really enjoying being in LA and the business is growing and we're doing incredibly well. And of course, this gets the, the attention of other labels and people. Because you're doing Virgin is publishing. Virgin is publishing. Publishing, okay. In our first full year of being in America, we were the number one chart share company. Wow. Just share of the charts. Not not share of publishing, but share of the no, charts. But the, well, yeah, yeah. That's, so what, we, that's what matters. Yeah, 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 yeah wow. We, we had this incredible run. It gets, it gets people's attention. And what was interesting with Virgin was that we'd all been young guys in our 20s into our 30s. We all used to go on holiday together. Yeah. You know, we were just mates, yeah. you know. And then we all, you know, getting married, and then we're all having families. So life is is changing for yeah. us and richard's started the airline and he's you know he's okay. he's doing everything running right? around yeah so i start getting approached by people in uh, in america one of whom was tommy matola who was the head of a cbs as it was then which yeah. then became sony did you have mariah at the moment he did about uh, three years later yeah okay. and i go i go to new york i you know i I go to dinner with him and, and he says, you know, he gives me the whole thing and and I really liked him. He's trying but to poach he, you. He's trying to poach me to come and to run something called Epic Associated, which is a part of the Epic group. But he wants me to come to New York and I say, you know, no, I'm, I, don't, I don't think, I'll think like about it. it over Christmas. And uh, anyway, I decided, uh, I, I talked to Richard and Simon and Ken and they made me a very good offer to, to stay. So I tell Tommy, I'm sorry, I'm going to stay at Virgin. He was, he was completely charming about it. And he said, you know, if you change your mind, let me know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, come January, I bump into Tommy Matola at the American Music Awards. And he says, so were you happy with your decision? I said, well, I was happy with my decision, but strangely, you know, the new deal that I agreed has not come through. Oh, it didn't materialize? Well, it just hadn't actually come through in, in paper contract form. Yeah. So he says, do you want to change your mind? And I said, yeah. Yeah. He said, okay, come to my place at the Beverly Hills Hotel tomorrow. We're going to work out a deal. We're going to do the deal tomorrow. And then that's that. And I want you to be the head of the West Coast for, wow. for CBS. Huge positions now. But do you know what? The run of the run that you just had and were having probably just gave you the confidence to say, yeah, you know, I can do this. Yeah. Well, he was so clever because he had a plan. That, that oh, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I take the job and, you know, I'm the head of the West Coast. And in those days, uh, well, in fact, Sony is still very much uh, a New York-based company. Uh, so the West Coast... It was a big job, but Tommy then played the most incredible game <laughs> cards with me. He said, look, I'll tell you what, I want you uh, to come to New York for six months to learn all about the company, how it works, get to know all the executives, get to know the artists. And I tell you what, I'm going to rent you a house. I'm going to give you a car and drive. This is the heyday of, of the record business. Yeah. I'm going to give you a car. Opulence. And, yeah. yeah. Going to give you a car and driver, and then when you've learnt all of this, 
West you'd Coast. go back to run the West Coast. But he wanted you in New York originally anyway, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And he knew <laughs> that when I spent six months there, no chance there was going no, back. no chance I was going to go back. So I didn't. <laughs> So so then you went to New York. So in New York you were. What so you then, then I was the head of head of this uh, label called Epic Associated, which was part of Epic, uh, but it had Ozzy Osbourne on, ah. and I'd signed Ozzy Osbourne's publishing, so I knew Sharon Osbourne. You signed Ozzy's publishing at Virgin. At your, okay. Yeah. Uh, you were really running because you have to have like I'm presuming you then have to meet all the people, get on their good side, and say, "Look, well, we're I, the place to be." Kind of Sharon to this day, I think is the is the best manager I've ever worked with. You know, okay. uh, most frightening manager I've ever worked with. That's really sure. oh my god! You are saying that someone is frightening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, if you get on the wrong side of Sharon, you, you, you you're crushed. You're crushed. Yeah, okay. but she's she's genius, and I got on really well with Ozzy and. Um, I named my dog after him. Uh, um, <laughs> the honour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I signed a guy called Michael Goldstone to be my head of A&R. I hadn't really had much success, but I just really liked him. And we, That's your virgin uh, training coming again, your instinct saying, do you know what, I think he's yeah. the guy. So. And uh, we just got on really well. We then went on this incredible run. We signed Pearl Jam. <sighs> We signed uh, Rage Against the Machine. Wow. Uh, Spin Doctors. We just went on this amazing run. Yeah. And Tommy then wanted me to run Epic with the guy, Dave Glue, who was the president. So they, were, they made him the chairman, and then I became the president. Okay. And, you know, had, uh, you know, an amazing run. Of, I was there from... Uh, well, 90 through to the end of 97. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. That's cool. It was, it was A&R then? Epic? Epic Associates? Uh, it was, oh, it was you, sort of... Because it's above A&R, because you signed an A&R. Yeah, so. it was running, you know, the campaigns, you know, like, okay. like being the president. Of, well, I was the president of, yeah. of Epic Associates. Funny enough... I've never really been a, an A&R, A&R guy. You know, I've, yeah. I've got a, a, a good ear, I think, and I, yeah. I hear things, but I've always uh, relied on proper A&R guys yeah. to... Execute that part. Ex execute that part. Nice. So you're epic. I'm ep epic, and my eldest daughter now is getting to the um, stage of going into high school. And... So Olivia and I, you know, talked about it. It was like, okay, well, if Annika starts high school, then she would would stay for her to finish high school. Yeah. By which time, Georgie would have started high school. So we, yeah. and then Harry would have started high school. So basically, it was like, are we staying in America forever, or are we going to go home? Did you have an accent? Accent by then. Uh, I don't think that's I, a long time in america seven years uh, yeah. uh, the kids well, must have well had i was an 10 years in america in total because i'd Ten. done I'd oh done la the la time the kids must have had an accent uh annika still got a real american <laughs> accent yeah uh the others uh have bits and i there are words i i i use cookie and uh sidewalk and, oh and uh, you're a cheetah cookie funny. how dare you <laughs> there are funny words that i i find myself using um Anyway, yeah. so it's like, okay, I got approached by this guy called Rudy Gassner, who ran BMG. Now, this is the old BMG, before BMG then merged with 
Sony. Okay. And it was the biggest independent, certainly in Europe, it was the biggest independent. And it's an independent. You only ever see BMG as this big. You yeah, know, well, you well, well, Bertelsmann, yeah. you know, is is the biggest independent general in the independent company in Germany. It's this massive, massive company. Yeah. Anyway, Rudy Gassner and I really hit it off, and he offered me this job to become the chairman of BMG in Central Europe, UK in Central Europe, and. I took the job. So I went back to London. Big family move. Family came back six months later after they'd finished the, the school right. time. Yeah. I was put in charge of finding a house, which is... Oh, so you found in, a nice one. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I never saw this before we got it. But oh, anyway, wow. It was a completely sort of alien environment working at, at uh, BMG. In, know, compared to where you just left Epic? Compared to being at Virgin and compared to being at, at Epic. Was that a positive thing? Or? It, was, uh, it was difficult, uh, oh. but, I, but I really liked Rudy. So I'm running the, the UK company as part of this. That's when I first started working with Simon Cowell. That's when I, I hired Harry McGee to come in to run RCA. Okay, that's yeah, how you So that's how we met, me. yeah. Cool. And tragically, oh. Rudy Gassner died. He had a heart attack. Ah. Oh. About six months in. Six months after you... Yeah. You, oh, that's... Uh, uh, or maybe, maybe, maybe at uh, the end of the first year. But yeah, but still early on, yeah. Yeah, and, and then uh, this new guy called... Rolf Schmidholtz came in okay. to run BMG. He knew nothing about music at all. Okay. Anyway, he makes me the head of the whole of Europe, right? Including Germany, which is, as you can so imagine. Got, okay, just the whole sweep. Which you know? they're the number one company in Germany. Right. And did uh, you, you said yes. So did you know what you were getting into then? Or did you? No. I, I said yes, but I, I, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you know. Uh, decisions, decisions. Decisions, decisions, yeah. So I'm, you know, I, I just think that BMG in Germany is, you know, behind the times. And so I want to make uh, changes and I want to get rid of all the old crew there and i want to i don't want to took a shower approach <laughs> i don't like this everyone goes we need to reconstruct <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah. and i i wanted these two young guys and i was going to have dual head one guy running all the creative a and r side of things and i was going to have another guy do all the marketing and and the campaigns okay and um my relationship with Rolf Schmidholtz was terrible. Yep. You know, I I used to call him a fucking idiot, you know, and, <laughs> and, and he didn't endearingly. And, yeah. <laughs> he didn't really didn't really take that. But I could call Tommy Matoda a fucking idiot and he'd call me a fucking idiot back. Yeah, you know? I see. Um anyway, so the, the, basically the old guard gang up against me and okay. I get summoned to New York and I get fired. Right. Oh. Just like that. So, so just a meet. Oh, can you come and have a meeting in New York? Oh, I knew I was. I knew. You knew. Okay. I knew that you'd ruffle too many feathers. Yeah. Okay. But the the interesting thing is that the guy I wanted to run the ANR creative side was Hardwick Masuch, who is now the head of BMG. 
Oh, look at that. Uh, and so your instinct guy, again was... And the guy was... I wanted to run the marketing side is Frank Brigman, who is the head of Europe for Universal. Oh, my gosh. So... You they, were right. They would have done well, I think. You were, you were right. Do you know what? Again, the training from Virgin, where it's like, just go yeah. with your heart. Yeah. And, and it's, it, all, know, it, and it's it about right, the people yeah. you hire. Yeah. Um, but actually, th- thank God that it all went like that, because... If I hadn't got fired, I wouldn't have become a manager. So, yeah. yeah. So, he got someone to America, get someone to, get someone to fired New- from BMG. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which you weren't enjoying anyway. All right. So, they then fire Harry McGee as well. Why? Because I think they thought he he was my guy. And Okay, you had employed it. It's kind of like when they drop um, a label. Like I remember back in the day at one point, I was signed to a label under BMG called Emancipation. When they lose a label, they drop all the artists, drop everything that was yeah. related to anyone who signed that. So Harry got caught up in that caught, kind caught of up a, a vibe. That. Okay, yeah. Anyway, it, it so happened that I get back and on the Monday is the BMG golf day. Okay. And you didn't go and run up a bill on another card, did you? So, <laughs> well, funny enough, I did actually. On the... The, on the Friday, it had been the Nordoff Robbins uh, charity lunch, and and I I just bid for and I I was still I was still technically I was still technically the chairman of 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 BMG, so I just bid for everything. And uh, anyway, it was it was it was it was doing the right thing for a great yeah, charity. Yeah. Lord of Robbins got a very charitable uh, yeah, donation yeah. that day. <laughs> so anyway, Jed Doherty oh, uh, is uh, sort of made the the head of BMG, and he's he's one of my oldest friends. And uh, how did you meet Jed? Like, just, uh, how did you come across wh- when I when I was, it's amazing. He actually is my oldest. Fr- friend in the business when i was booking acts and the band that i then started to manage the jags he was the jags agent okay so so i've known him since 77 wow anyway i say we'd like to still come to the golf day right (laughs) i mean really terrible behavior but you know (laughs) fuck it so (laughs) harry and i drive over to Stoke Poges to the BMG Golf Day. And I said, Harry, so what are you going to do, Harry? And he said, I don't know. I'm going to do management. I said, yeah, you know what? I'm thinking of doing management. Why don't we do this together? He said, yeah, okay, let's do that. So we decide, and then we go to the BMG Golf Day, which was so embarrassing because I'm the fired chairman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Harry's the fired head of RCA, and we're just, you know, behaving badly. (laughs) Anyway, Jed... Oh, no, actually, I missed out a bit. I'd done a lot of work with a big American management company called The Firm when I was at Epic, and I'd signed Corn and uh, a number of things that were managed by The Firm. And so the guy who runs The Firm gets in touch, and he says, why don't you guys start a, a, the European office for us? So, so we do that for, for six months. And the first thing that we sign as The Firm yeah. was... Fame Academy? Fame Academy. No. Fame Academy was the first UK thing that we signed. Okay. Was that like a, just a pitch from from a, a production company yeah. then? Yeah, yeah. 
but then uh, the firm in America starts to fall apart. So that's when Harry and I then leave the firm and we start our management company and we need a name. So <laughs> Jed Doherty rings me up and he says, so, you know, I hear you've left the firm and you're starting a, a management company. Have you got a name? I said, no, no, we haven't got a name. And he says, why don't you call it modest <laughs> laughing? As clearly we're not. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, that's, anything but that, in, in small print. Yeah. And I, I said, that's a, that's genius, but we'll put an exclamation mark on the end of it so everyone knows. Yeah, we're just we're having it off. Yeah. So, like so uh, Harry and I get the Fame Academy, and we we yeah. meet this incredible guy. Actually, you know oh what? I that, that 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 those that was a good bunch yeah. of people in there. I like the format. What a journey, though, for you. That's like, uh, yeah. You know, I've had a few conversations now, and I'm seeing on two levels, like either people started in the club and they parted their way through and then became like A&R-ish. Or like you, you've come out of college, you've gone straight into like agency, which is quite contracty, isn't it? Well, everything well, to do with an agent, they, right? Yeah, no? yeah. Because to, to, to book a band, you've got to know, you've got to know about contracts. Yeah, right? but it, they're pretty standard one-page things. But when I yeah. then was- But it becomes a, more and more complex. Exactly, when ACDC then started happening, uh, frankly, I, I, I was just winging it. I didn't yeah. really know- you know, on that yeah. side. I think everyone was winging it though. Yeah. Everyone, but after a while, winging it becomes knowledge because you've done it for so long and then you're just like, do you know what? I'm really good at this. Okay, but I tell you, so we're doing the Fame Academy yeah. and then we're doing the, the, the contract for a tour. Okay. I don't know if you remember this, yeah. but there was a contract for a tour and it was a, it was a shit contract. <laughs> you know, that you guys uh, were going to get paid like a hundred pounds a yeah, show or something. Yeah, it was right? a joke, yeah. So we go and we have a meeting with the promoter and with the BBC, we say, sorry, we, we don't think this is fair, this contract, we need to change the deal. And the BBC guy was really difficult. He says, no, you've got a contract and the tour's taking place in, in May and, and that's that. And I said, Ooh, oh. he's getting under <laughs> I said, oh, really? Don't poke, poke the lion. <laughs> I said, um, oh, God, that's unfortunate. But... Um, all, all the artists are on vacation in, in May. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> just, just so happens. He said, you can't do that. You've got a contract. I said, no, we've got a contract that says we will do the tour within 12 months of the end of the show. So we so can do it a year later. We'll do it in December. <laughs> that's when we're available. That, that's when they've finished their vacations. So the promoter. Uh, oh gosh! Um, I love it. So he starts laughing. He's like, "Okay, I know what you're doing here. What's the deal?" I said, "We want we want fifty percent of all the income." Yeah. Right. You know, considering everything was was uh, was good. So they agree that. So we get in the car and we're driving away, and uh, I say to Harry, "What what the fuck do we do now?" <laughs> And he says, I don't know. <laughs> so he says, Let, oh. let's call, call Louis Walsh and ask him because, it, you know, Westlife, who would work with Westlife. They've been on tour. They've done a lot of tours. <laughs> so we call, we call Louis up and he's on the speakerphone. So, hey, Louis, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we've, we've booked an arena tour. Um, arena tour? Uh, <laughs> Shorts, 
but we don't know what to do next. And he said, call this guy, Steve Levitt. Ah, oh, Levitt. And yeah. he'll, he'll sort everything out. Love for that you. geezer, yeah. So he gives me the number, and we ring Steve, and um, we explain to him what's happened. He says, all right, boy. I won't do my Leeds accent. <laughs> and he says, all right, boys, I'll come down and see you tomorrow, and we'll sort it out. He comes down. And he basically takes over organizing, Brilliant. you know, the buses, yeah. PA and everything. He's very thorough. He's good, yeah, yeah. He's, he's incredible. And we've worked with him for ever since. Yeah. So we do the tour. You know, yeah. that was your first yeah, ever Yeah, it was my ever first ever, tour. like, arena tour, definitely. Wow. Then we, you know, we're managing you. Yeah. And we start looking at labels. We love uh, Nick and Joe. Yeah. Um, I remember a meeting that we had with Lucian. Probably oh, the first God, time I've had a proper conversation with that dude, yeah. And he... Um, because we were technically, we were supposed to be... It's Mercury, right? Mercury. We're, yeah, we're yeah. supposed to be of Mercury. But then... Um, but they they weren't really keen. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, uh, Lucian, uh, I sat down and he was like, oh, you know, nice to meet you, though. You sat in there. I was. I felt very, um, what is it, out of my depth. I was just like, whoa, you know, this, you know, sitting down there. And he he's a very straightforward guy. And he was saying, oh, do you know, yeah, uh, like your stuff. And he said to you that... He'll, you said or he said I'm not sure about giving X amount of time and if in that time the A&R person who was meant to sign it come up, comes up with a good plan one that's realistic and is genuinely good then you're cool to go with him if not Richard you can do what, what, what you know whatever you want you know at some point in that meeting that yeah. we had with Lucien he says to you would you would you mind yeah. Just let let me have a word with uh, Richard. Richard. Yeah. So you went out. Yeah. And he said, "All right, tell me, tell me what's really happening." Okay. I, and I told him what's really happening. Yeah. And he said, "Okay, you you can go." What a nice and, thing, though. I think that's a really nice thing to do, though. Well, like you know, uh, Lucian, that you know, is a great friend and and a, a brilliant, brilliant executive. And and one of the great things about him is, you know, he makes decisions. And you Six know exactly five. what he's thinking. So then we then we did the deal with uh, Nick and Joe. Nick, yeah, yeah. Which obviously, you know, yeah, yeah, out went, went well. well. Yeah, yeah. Your transition then. So you've gone from agent to publisher to running labels. Where do you feel your sweet spots? Well, because the obviously, the management yeah. thing yeah. is is really where I've been able to bring into use all of those different experiences i see oh yes because artists need the publishing side you need to sort that agents out and dealing with agents. agents dealing with promoters contracts tours I did a lot of international work so i always had a very uh broad international view so, so really management has really allowed me to uh use all of those things yeah. and and harry and i complement each other you know very very well you know yeah. we sort of very much yin, yin and yang yeah and he had a lot of experience as well from record companies he'd done a bit of management at, at one stage yeah so that just has sort of worked really well for us yeah the other thing was that six months that we worked with the firm really showed us what management could be and that you needed to have experts in different areas to supplement what the labels or whoever had, because generally speaking, they don't have enough, you know. Okay. Um, that's why, you know, we started a digital team way before most labels. In fact, we, we've got a bigger digital team probably than, than a lot of labels even now, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's about seeing things, but then getting experts 
yeah. brilliant people for each position. A- a- absolutely. That's, yeah. that's what you feel is key. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we, we hired uh, Lisa Wolf, who used to be one of the heads of promotion at Columbia Records in New York, to do all our American promo. So she, she rides all our records that come out in America through Capital or Universal or Republic or whoever yeah. they come out with. Lisa, she's the, the, yeah. the you know, on top of all that. So yeah. you just bring in, you know, we Vivica in Australia. When, when, uh, yeah. Anyway, we, yeah, you bring some people in. But yeah. going back to um, you, yeah. so, you know, we have great success. Yeah, yeah. We booked to do three nights at Shepherd's Bush. Uh, Shepherd's Bush, yeah. yeah. Shepherd's Bush, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Barry Marshall. Yeah. He was the guy who did the uh, Fame Academy tour. He yeah. was the guy who said, okay, Richard, what do you want? It was yeah. Barry Marshall. All right, all right, all right. You know, one of the great promoters. But strangely, he didn't want to do any regional shows for you. Yeah. One, one day I, I get this call from a guy called Simon Moran. Okay, Simon. Yeah. Who I had met once, you know, many years ago when I did M people at, at Epic and, and he was promoting them here. But I I didn't know him. But he rings up and he's, he says, um, I'd be interested in doing some regional shows with Lamar. So that's when oh. we did... So it was a cold call? Just Cold call. Okay. I remember we did Norwich. Yeah, yeah. We did Folkestone. Yeah, we did, all I these mean, we did all, side ones all, and then it led to yeah. moving and up Barry, the Barry still did the London shows, but, but Simon came up with all that and they all did incredibly well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we got to know Just Simon. Just a cold call Brown. like that. Yeah. From the outside, sometimes you might think, oh, someone's been put on or someone's just got a bit lucky. But every person that I've spoken to so far, as much as they've ridden their own waves of luck, it's not really luck. They've all risen and learnt along the way and just moved up the ranks in what they do. You know, so I think that's... Uh, well, and, and as yeah. you do that, you do get lucky. Yeah, but you're on the path learning, yeah. Yeah. executing it as opposed to just standing and, and looking and waiting. So I think that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty um, cool. We, I mean, we must have done thousands loads, of shows. Loads, right? loads and loads of shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy amount. Yeah. yeah. So management is what you've enjoyed the most so far. You see, that virgin stuff sounded very a lot of fun well, to me. Well, it was all... <laughs> the only thing that uh, that wasn't fun was the BMG stuff, right? Okay, yeah. That 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 was just not fun. Yeah. But luckily, that was only, what, one year? Just two, two, maybe. two bit, yeah. yeah. The virgin thing was incredible. Yeah, that sounds Island like... was, you know, doing that stuff with... Yeah. With Chris Black, although New York with the driver and the thing and the, that sounded like some good stuff too. Uh, well, I have to say, being running a, a major label like Epic in the '90s when you know CDs were taking, we're off selling things, were ev- selling everything was uh, you know we had Michael Jackson, uh, oh, my days. you know we had oh. Celine Dion and uh, just like um, humongous. Should I tell you my favorite Michael? Jackson Come on, story? yes, please. <laughs> so I go to. Um, Baden-Baden in Germany for the start of the Dangerous Tour. It could have been the History Tour. <sighs> yeah. I go backstage to meet Michael. And so I'm sitting there with him and we're talking. And as you've seen, and yeah. he talked very softly. Very like this. Very, Hi. yeah. The support act comes on. And they're a boy band from Australia. And there's just this boom, boom, boom. Going right, yeah. so Michael is having a hard time hearing me. I'm having a hard time hearing him. So he he motions over to one of his bodyguards. He whispers in his ear. Right, I don't hear what he says. 
And um, five minutes later, the boom, boom, boom stops. And what he's done is he's told them to turn the PA off until oh, wow. we finish this, this, uh, <laughs> this meeting. <laughs> Hey. Of the support band, yeah, the sound is off, off. But they, oh, they wow. they've got in ears, so they don't. They think it's all still going on. So oh. they're prancing around on the stage, <laughs> and no one can hear a thing. Uh, I think Dennis oh, Dennis Hanlon, oh. who, who runs Sony Australia, oh, I think God, still hilarious. still hasn't forgiven me for that. But that uh, is hilarious. But, yeah. well, excuse me, we're having a meeting. Can you shut down the arena <laughs> sound, please? No, 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 sorry, the stadium sound, this yeah. is Michael Jackson. Yeah. Can you shut down the stadium sound, please? Because I'm having a conversation. Yeah. They're here to see me anyway. Yeah. All, right, all this other stuff is just preliminary. <laughs> it was Michael Jackson, you know. Wow. I, you know, I had to say all, all my dealings with him, he, he was, uh, you know, he was, you know, the legend that he is. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, you're in management. Obviously, that success has just been crazy and still continues to be crazy, extending, extending. And then I was at yours at a garden party and I had a conversation with you and you said, um, do you want to know the name of our new company? Oh, Amlaw. Yes. Yeah, so we decided that we would start a little production company okay. and a publishing company and we needed a name. So I came up with Amlaw because I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. And yeah. uh, there's a track on a Pink Floyd album which is called A Momentary Lapse of Reason, Amlaw. <laughs> so it sort of fits yeah. <laughs> the idea of doing a production company yeah. and paying for everything yourself. It's yeah. a, a momentary lapse, lapse of, of reason. I like that yeah. one. I think that one trumps even modest. Yeah. I think that does. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you enjoyed that as much as management? Well, it's, or is it it's, yeah. yeah, it's good. You know, again, we brought in people experts yeah with the lockdown uh with oh, well, new, yeah. new art it's it's tough you yeah, know yeah. it's kind of 2021 for everything now i mean a lot of planning can happen this year yeah and you can do know. a lot you can do a lot of recording and yeah but you know the fact that there are no gigs haven't been yeah. any gigs since february makes it very That's difficult so and and frankly you don't really know when it's going to start again you know yeah uh, i mean little mix were headlining hyde park Huge. On the 4th of July, you know, we were going wow. to have 60,000 people in Hyde Park and, and we had to had to cancel yeah. that, which is a great show. Hopefully, fingers crossed, everything gets fingers Yeah, well, crossed. we won't oh. be able to, it's, we won't be able to do that. We're, we'll we'll have to do something else. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, right, well, do you know what? I think that was, a, that was a really great conversation, very informative. I'm really impressed with just the breadth of knowledge from all the jobs that you've had. Like, can, I, can I tell the story yeah. about uh, yeah. if there's yeah. any justice? Yeah, yeah, please. One of the things that you learn as a manager is that you, you, you have to have difficult conversations with artists. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> and uh, Brian Rawling, the very successful record producer and writer we were close to, played us this song called If There's Any Justice. Yeah. And we thought that it would be absolutely amazing for yeah, you. Yeah. But you didn't see it that I was, way. I was saying this to, um, I was saying this to uh, Nick as well. Nick didn't get it to start with. You know, I liked the song. I definitely liked the song. It's the same way I liked 50-50. I thought that was a good song. Right. I mean, I wrote it. So, you know, I co-wrote it. But in my mind, coming from where I was coming from, what I thought was a single, I wasn't so sure. I was like, I don't know. Right. So at some point, and I realized that as I went along um, early on in my first few albums, that there's some things that you just have to say, do you know what? make sure that you like whatever it is that everyone's celebrating. So right. if you like it, then you'd rather have the team feel this is it 
then you say, this is it. And everyone's kind of disjointed. So I started thinking, do I like the overall sound? If I do, I'm going to trust that, that, that people know what to do. But that was still early on. So I was still a bit like, oh, no, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't quite get it as a single yeah yeah, yeah. but uh but we persuaded you so. yeah and i'm glad you did because yeah. that was that was like a huge kickstart i mean how many times have you hung that oh my <laughs> and how many times does it still get requested i've got emails to this day yeah. you know last week even oh please can you come and sing this here uh, if there's any justice dance with you so that song is staple yeah. in everything yeah, yeah so i'm glad that happened and i found that being direct is very important definitely you know and with artists um, we tell them, you know, this. we're at this crossroads. If you turn left, this is what's going to happen. If you turn right, we think that's what's going to happen. And if you go straight on, that's what's going to happen. So yeah. we, we give them the information for them to be able to make decisions, yeah. you know, and yeah. we advise them on it. But ultimately, it's their yeah. their careers, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we found that it it's it's much better to be straightforward up front everyone knows yeah. that i'm gonna tell people and i'm happy with people to, yeah. to do it back to me you know because yeah. then i know exactly what people are thinking yeah. you know the, uh, i think that's the new york that's the, the new york yeah. mentality new york in la you yeah. you know but new york is like it's very black and white yeah and i think that's a very good thing yeah. it's a good thing for any relationship though right yeah no completely yeah. and yeah. and uh that time in new york definitely it, it was an incredible time and yeah. uh, and i learned so much yeah. uh from particularly from Tommy Matoda and Don Ina who ran Columbia. You know, yeah, so. yeah, brilliant. Well, all right. Thank you so much for doing it. Great, right, And uh, I'll catch you again another time, right. yeah? Thank I'll you. Let's see you. Thanks. Thanks. Some cool stories, right? As usual, I enjoyed that one. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like today's show, please do subscribe. And if you can take a moment to rate this podcast on iTunes, it really does make a massive difference for the whole show. I appreciate you and your time. If you've got questions or suggestions for the show or for me myself, please feel free to email me. It's lamar at the lamarshow.com. That's lamar, L-E-M-A-R at the lamarshow.com. If you're an artist or a musician or you need some advice, you've got some great demos, you need some direction, send me an email. You're more than welcome. I'm going to talk to the other half of Modest Management, Harry McGee, very soon. So look out for that one. Until next week, my friends. Peace.